Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, host of Blatant Homers and Podcast uh, here. We're going to be talking a little uh, Oklahoma Sooners recruiting with uh, Josh McQuiston of Soonerscoop.com, uh, our go-to guy when it comes to uh, all things uh, Oklahoma and the talent acquisition game. Let's go ahead and welcome him on. Josh, what's up, man? Alan, not much. You know, uh, like everybody else, just kind of waiting for this thing to finally get started. I feel like we've talked about it for a month now and it's just amazing how much it's changed i mean this used to be kind of a novelty and now it's become something fans really latch on to it's become such a big deal because oklahoma's had so much success with big weekends like this josh is of course uh, referring to oklahoma's big barbecue this weekend uh, that will find uh, the sooners playing host to really you know recruits from all over the country a lot of blue chip guys um you know i guess you know, you guys have written some about this recently on Sooner Scoop, but, you know, how big of a deal has this become for OU? It, you know, it's one of those things where I, I argued for years that Oklahoma needed something like this. They needed something that would give them some uh, ability to bring guys in in the summer. And I always talked about like a Friday Night Lights event or something like that, and obviously this is a little bit different. But at the end result is the same. You're getting guys on campus. You're giving them a reason to come. And the thing I really like about it is it provides these uh, the guys already committed. They get to be- become the recruiters. It doesn't have to be all on the coaches to sell. Theo Weiss, one of the top five guys in the country, he gets to sell Oklahoma. Why you want to come here? Why you want to play with us? You know, the, all those reasons they can sell Oklahoma to these guys. And I think that's one of the big advantages of this because it's a relaxed environment. It's not high pressure. There's no intensity to it. It's just guys having fun and they get to kind of get a feel for one another. And I think that's hard to provide sometimes on visit weekends because there's so much, uh, uh, when I say visit weekends, I mean like official visits during the season, that kind of thing. There's so many other things going on. This, there's nobody on campus. There's nobody around. It's just the coaches and the recruits. And it, so it's just very easy to manage the the pieces of the puzzle so they can kind of stay on point and stay on message and logistically how does this work i mean are they just like out on the football field like you know eating barbecue like what goes down well yeah i mean that's um there are it'll be every year it changes a little bit so i mean there's always a little variation but for the most part yeah they're hanging out on owen field there, you know, I know like the first year they did like a wiffle ball th- tournament and they had like a balloon, f- a water balloon fight and some of that stuff. And then last year it kind of switched. I think they did some softball and stuff. So, I mean, it, it always changes a little bit from year to year. But yeah, generally it's just a bunch of tables set up and the guys are hanging out and they're eating food. And really it, it's just a very straightforward kind of event. I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's like you barbecuing uh-huh. outside, except. You know, Oklahoma's trying to get these guys to choose to come <laughs> back for the next four years of their life. So there, there's a little bit of a sales pitch involved. I guess you could almost compare it to like the business golf meeting. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's relaxed, but there's still business being attended to. So, you know, it, like I said, I, I, I think it's a really good deal because it allows Oklahoma to kind of show, you know, yeah, we're about business and we want to play for the college football playoff and we're, we're focused on those things. But at the same time, you know, we can kick back and have some fun too. And, you know, it kind of lets the players see another side of the coaches, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I guess, and then uh, one other kind of housekeeping thing before we get talking about who's going to be in attendance. Um, 
you know, how does this work under the NCAA rules? Are these all unofficial visits? These are kids that are coming on their own dime for this? Or how does, how does that part of it work? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. These are all unofficial visits. Um, and, you know, interestingly, kind of as a side note, that's something Oklahoma's kind of elected to stick with all off season. You know, they really, since, not, not even really, just flat out since the spring game, Oklahoma's not running in any official visitors. They've been very diligent about anybody that visits in the summer. That's going to be an unofficial visit. We want to, because it's hard in the summer because, you know, coaches are on vacation at one point or another. So if a kid comes in, Maybe he doesn't get to see Lincoln Riley or he doesn't get to see his coordinator on the side of the ball. And you don't want that to be the one shot you really had to show the kid around that he doesn't get to hang out with, you know, Bill Biedenboe because he's not there as an offensive line, you know, whatever the case may be. So I, I think it's just a, a situation where OU tries to be careful. And that's what this is this weekend. Now, there won't be any problem of coaches not being there. Obviously, the whole staff will be on hand because it's just a big, big weekend for OU. So there are uh, these are exclusively unofficial visits which is always a good sign because you have guys paying their own way and frankly not many guys are willing to pay their own way to visit norman oklahoma if they're not extremely interested in playing for the football team yeah absolutely makes sense so uh you know i guess let's start talking about then who's going to be in attendance um you know are there any names that uh catch your eye right, right off the bat let's start maybe with guys who are not committed to Oklahoma at this point? Well, I, I think, you know, obviously the one that everybody wants to talk about is Dax Hill, the in-state five-star, uh, first in-state five-star since the class of 2000, uh, 2006 with Gerald McCoy. Really? It's been so, that long, huh? Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, it, that, that tells you, you know, it, it's not something that happens in-state a lot, but there is still no definitive answer on Dax Hill. I mean, I, if he if you made me bet, I'd bet he shows up, but I, I'm not certain of it. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, 60-40, 55-45, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's close right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, Jeffrey Carter is another, another DB to kind of, I guess, stay on that uh, particular position group. Jeff Carter is a guy that I don't think OU was – set on taking even as recently as a few weeks ago but now it looks like they've gotten more serious they're back in the race there and then if that's the case there's a very decent chance he commits this weekend so I mean he's one of the guys I really have a, I'll be keeping a close eye on um and finally kind of the last last two I guess and stay on the defensive side of the ball with the first one is Shimon Cooper the linebacker from St. Louis Really, at this point, probably Oklahoma's best bet at linebacker and probably their top target at the moment. So a, a guy that I don't think will announce this weekend, I think Oklahoma and Illinois are kind of out in front for him right now. Um, I know Illinois is not a name that OU fans are used to competing with. Uh, his head coach, uh, or his former head coach at his high school, is now an assistant on the Illini staff. So that kind of explains why they're, why they're there. Um, and finally, Stacy Wilkins, who's going to announce uh, on August third. Uh, you know, I guess about ten days from now, and is a guy that um, Oklahoma seems to be in great shape with. He's going to visit Arkansas on Friday and then go to Oklahoma on Saturday. I it's going to take something monumental to change for me to not think it's going to be Oklahoma. So, you know, there's a lot of guys here in that 2019 group that are really big targets for OU, and I, it's big for OU to get them on campus, especially if you can get Dax Hill to take the visit. So picking up there on Dax Hill again, it's kind of strange. If he wasn't going to come, why would that, why wouldn't he have already said that? 
and that's kind of my thinking, to be perfectly honest, Alan. That makes a lot of sense because he could just stop all the, are you going to come, are you going to come? You know, it, his brother was getting asked about it at Big 12 media days. I mean, so, you know, it's one of those things he could nip it right away if he wasn't going to come. So I, I, I lean toward him coming. It makes more sense that it works out that way. But at the same time, you could just as, well, yeah. probably not just as easily argue, but you could argue that he could just say he was going to come if he was going to come. And, you know, so it's it's one of those things. I, I've said it before. Dax Hill has a future in the CIA if he really <laughs> wants to go into it. This kid, he plays it very close to the vest. He's very careful about what he does and does not say. But at the same time, I, I think he's a thoughtful kid. I think he's a guy that he doesn't say it because he's just not sure right now. There's no... A lot of guys, when I, you know, I can find a source. I can find somebody who knows what's going on. But with him, I, I think everybody's guessing. I don't think there's anyone that's truly plugged into what is going on with Dax Hill right now. Interesting. Now uh, he's got a teammate, and I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, from Tulsa originally, so you know, I'm always interested in, in kids from that area. Uh, there's another teammate, right, uh, Hester, right, from uh, Booker T who is uh, also looking at OU, and is he going to be there this weekend, or is he out? He has said he will not be there this weekend, which is a big surprise to me. He's a guy that, unlike Dax, has been very bullish about Oklahoma. He, he's very uh, very big on the Sooners, very much has admitted to growing up an Oklahoma fan, loved you know uh, Sterling Shepard growing up, Ryan Broyles. You know what I mean? So there, there's a lot of affinity for him with Oklahoma's program. I don't, like I said, I don't think he'll come, but I don't know what to make of that. I, I, it's just very strange. I don't know if it's just a matter of the kid couldn't find a ride because he was just very, no, I'm not going to be there. He didn't really expand on why he wasn't going to be able to make it. So we'll watch with him. Uh, he's a 2020 guy. Oklahoma's got plenty of time. Uh, I still think Oklahoma is far and away the leader in his recruitment. But, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it would be nice for Oklahoma to get him to campus because if you could get him to campus and get him to commit, well, then you have someone that's sharing a locker room, sharing the hallways yeah. of Booker T with Dax Hill to help you continue to recruit day in and day out. So, you know, how much a big deal? I mean, you, you know, you kind of hit on this, but I mean, it seems like more and more, and, and maybe this is just not knowing what goes on in the recruiting game as much, but it seems like more and more coaches are kind of prompting, you know, the, guys who are committed, the guys who they know who are solid, to work harder on guys they want to uh, to kind of jump in the boat. I mean, is, is that fair, or has that really always been the case? I think there is some prompting. I think, especially with this staff, where you understand, you know, they understand how many people are coming at these kids every day. I think, you know, in, in years past, Oklahoma would kind of look at it as, well, we're doing our part, so let's not, you know, force these kids or make them uncomfortable. I also think there is a lot of maturity is an interesting word, but th there is a lot of growth in these kids and understanding what the recruiting world is like. They know that, like I just said with the coaches, they know that, you know, if they want to try to win a national championship or they want to do something big, they need a great class around them. No matter how special they are, if they don't have the right parts around them, they're not going to win. I mean, if... <laughs> If Adrian Peterson can't carry a team to a national title, I don't think anybody can. So um, I, I think when you look at it from that perspective, 
these guys understand that they have to move and do things and they have to help in every way they can. And I think that's what you're seeing a lot of. It's just these kids knowing if they do their part, it can make everything better for not only the team, but for themselves. Yeah, and the social media stuff too. I mean, it's easier to, to hop on Twitter now and look at what a guy says about what he's doing or what he's thinking about, you know, and then have, you know, 10 or 15 guys in a class jump on all of a sudden too and say, hey, you know, we want you in the boat, that type of thing, you know. So I think that probably it's just a, uh, some communication tools too, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and that's – there is – it's amazing when you talk, I mean, especially there are certain kids, every, not every kid, most kids want to try and recruit. They want to try and help. There are certain kids that are very good at, and there are certain kids that hurt their cause every time, <laughs> you know, they, they, they just, and it's not for lack of effort. It's not for them, want, you know, trying to do it wrong. There's just some guys, they come on too strong or their message isn't right, you know, whatever. But some guys have a very, very good feel for it. So one guy who uh, is, you know, kind of seen as the key to the 2019 class, of course, is Spencer Rattler. Um, he's had a, you know, he's got a lot of buzz uh, in the offseason, I think, with his performances at camps and whatnot. He will be there, I believe, on uh, Saturday at this barbecue. Uh, you know, how big of a deal is it to have him on campus for this? Oh, it's huge. I mean, you know, it's funny. You look back a year ago. Oklahoma was pretty much losing Cameron rising right about now. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that kind of puts it in perspective, I mean, it was, it was a little earlier in the summer, but you know, just to give an idea. Um, so to have him on campus, have him, you know, not even from a recruiting perspective of other players, but from his own perspective, things are still good. He's solid. Oklahoma can, you know, really bear down that he's our guy. You get to play with him. You know, there's no question of it. And then from that side, like you just said, Elite 11, you know, MVP, was huge at the opening. You know, really just did everything you could ask for in the summer. And for him to then show up and be able to talk to all these other guys when he has such a so much name recognition, it, it just it, – he doesn't – kind of the point I was just making, he doesn't have to be great in his pitch. He just has to be there, and that's mm -hmm. going to help Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you hear much talk about – players saying oh you know i mean i guess i guess well like the quarterback you know is kind of always seen as like the key kind of building block of any class right i mean it's just kind of like you get him get him settled and then you can kind of build off that with the other skill 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 guys or offensive guys right i mean that's kind of how it works oh sure i mean and you know you talk about what OU has, I mean, three of the probably top six or seven wide receivers in the whole country, the best quarterback in the country. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Marcus Major that maybe isn't well known, but had offers from everywhere. Um, Austin Stogner, arguably the top tight end in the country. I mean, you're, you're, you can go to these guys and say, look, if we can get people to block for these guys and we can find, you know, the talent on defense there's no one that's going to be able to score with the kind of talent we're putting up offensively. And I think that's, you know, like I said, that's an easy pitch for a coach to make that we're going to score a ton of points and you can be a part of that. So looking, uh, you know, I mean, you hit on this a little bit earlier, but I mean, what are the real positions of need right now for OU? I think safety is where you have to start. I mean, I, I Jamal Morris is a really nice player and a guy that I like a lot but they need more than just him. I mean, there's just 
corner has come along. There's finally some depth. But when you're having to move Jordan Parker, mm. who played really well at corner two years ago, over to safety, it tells you where the numbers are. I mean, they're just not ready to make that move. I mean, Prentice McKinney is, you know, apparently not going to play this or is at least injured at this point. Uh, Chance Sylvie not going to play this year. Robert Barnes is coming off an injury and at, and at times last year didn't look like a future standout. Um, you know, and then you have two true freshmen, Pat Fields and Turner Yell. I mean, that, there's, there's not a lot there at safety. It's bad now and it's almost scarier going forward. So, Jamal Morris is a future starter. He's a future high-quality player. I really like his game. Oklahoma needs at least one more. And I think if you could get it to be Dax Hill and you get it Jeff Carter, Carter allows you some flexibility. You could almost walk in with Carter and Woody Washington and say, okay, we're going to see which one of you we like better at corner or if one of you could maybe really excel at safety. And then you can move some pieces around, and then you've really built depth at two positions. So then uh, if they strike out on Dax Hill, who is, uh, who's kind of next in line, you think? Well, I mean, that, that's where it gets interesting because do they, do they then automatically think of Jeff Carter as a safety and then say, okay, well, we're going to go get another corner. Okay, well, you could do that. I mean, there's just a lot of ways you can look at it. But, I, you know, they've, there's not an offer out there that I say right now, like, okay, that's, that's the guy. That's where they're going to have to go. Uh, I know for a while there, there was the the Triquezi Bridges kid from Alabama that just recently committed to Oregon. Um, he got a look. Uh, Jelani Williams is still involved. What is interesting, the guy that has kind of been off OU's radar and back on for quite some time is Jalen Catalan, the safety from Mansfield Legacy, who will share a secondary and a defense with uh, Jeffrey Carter. Mm-hmm. So you have that chance to... Maybe, okay, we didn't get Dax, but let's go chase Jalen Catalan and see what happens there. So, you know, you've got, like I said, you've got a friend on the team. OU is an early offer for him. And it looks like Dax is going to decide early enough that Oklahoma can make up ground on any guy that maybe feels like, oh, I was a little slighted there for a while. They're going to have time to correct that if that's what they want to do. And if if the news for them isn't good with uh, Dax Hill, what are the chances that they kind of keep pursuing him and keep working on him after that? Or do they just, you know, drop it and move on? I think it kind of depends. I mean, if he picks Oklahoma state, you've got to think, okay, that was just inevitable. That was what he was going to do all along, no matter what happened. Um, You might stay involved just because of the whole Mike Holder and, you know, uh, Mike Gundy situation right now. Do you look at that and say, you know, maybe maybe Gundy's going to leave Stillwater. You know, I mean, there are reasons to stay involved. <laughs> and knowing Oklahoma, they just don't burn bridges like that anymore. That was a, that was an old practice. That was something they used to do a lot. Now, a lot more. You know, we're just going to keep the conversation open if need be. And uh, you know, there's been some rumors that no uh, football scoop uh, reported it that uh, Chip Viney would be coming back to OU in, in some type of off the field, uh, recruiting assistant kind of, uh, you know, capacity. Can you talk a little bit about what his impact was as a recruiter before and, and what, if, if that comes to fruition, what it will bring? Yeah. You know, he is a guy that, um, 
I thought did an amazing job just connecting with kids. They they related to him. He's a young guy. He's very very easy to talk to. I think the recruits really really were able, like I said, to feel a very human connection with him. You know, and I think when you add in if he were to come back and the possibility that he becomes, you know, someday a full-time staff guy, well, then you have the chance to kind of negate the one thing that people would use against Oklahoma when Viney was involved. They would, you know, there was always the, well, he just a, <clears throat> he just a staff guy. He's, you're not getting recruited by the DB coach or whatever it may be. So I, I think that kind of kills that. But like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, Oklahoma obviously listed their opening here recently. So there is some feeling that maybe something, you know, whatever is going to transpire could happen pretty soon. And if that's the case, then obviously it would be really fortuitous if it could happen, you know, in say the next 48 hours yeah. or so and Oklahoma gets to, you know, make use of a guy that is a very, very gifted recruiter in Chip Viney. And that was the spot that was vacated by Eric Stryker, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay, yeah. So that's clearly one that you, you want to get fill, filled pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, Stryker was very similarly – was a guy that when recruits would leave campus, they would just talk about his energy level and how much he got them excited about the possibility of playing at OU. And it always means something when a guy like Stryker had name recognition. I mean, even if kids didn't know him well, most of them saw that Alabama game and can at least remember that. Yeah, yeah. So kind of closing up here, you know, some of the news this week uh, from OU involved, or I guess it was last week, involved uh, Jalen Redmond. It sounds like he is going to uh, miss the season um, based on what Lincoln Riley said, did you get, have you gotten any indication that they might start looking for, uh, anybody to add to this class based on that? Just, you know, concerns about his longer term health. I, I really haven't gotten that feeling. I still feel like Oklahoma's really kind of looking for one more edge player. Um, may, maybe two, if the numbers worked out, I, you know, I think, a part of it is what Oklahoma wants to do at running back, how that could work out. Um, so there's a lot of ways that could go. But from what I have gathered, since the initial diagnosis and since the initial problems arose for Jalen Redmond, things have gone as well as they could have been expected to go. So, I mean, there there is an air of positivity. I know people think, oh, well, he, you know, he, he's not going to play this year. That's a problem. I think it's really about Oklahoma being extremely cautious. Um, and just, you know, this is not just about playing football. This is about a young man's life and and that sort of thing. So they're, they're just being – they're erring on the side of caution rather than, okay, we've got to get him out there because we really need him to be, you know, a, a role-playing edge rusher. I mean, you know, because that's, that's frankly what Jalen Redmond was going to be. As talented as I think he is – He's just a freshman. He'd missed a bunch of summer workouts. It, it was going to be tough for him to be a real, you know, snap in, snap out guy this season. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, well, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on there. Anything special uh, with the season coming up? Well, you know, this actually this weekend we're going to start kind of a just a kind of countdown feature where we're going to go through some of the top players in the program. Well, who are the guys that are kind of key to the success, you know, for the 2018 season, obviously a lot of champion barbecue stuff to cover starting, you know, I guess, frankly, starting a couple weeks ago and then running well into next week. Um, 
the team, crazily enough, is not that far from reporting for full duty. So, I mean, we'll obviously have all three of our guys, Bob, Eddie, and Kerry, uh, you know, there every time there's media availability. Uh, for those, you know, I know we've got some members that always wait, or I guess non-members technically, always looking for a time to um, to sign up. We'll probably have some discounts coming, some, you know, some promo deals for students and that kind of thing. Uh, but if, frankly, if you don't want to wait that long, you want to get on the Champion Barbecue stuff, uh, feel free to contact me, Josh, at Soonerscoop.com. Um, I, I can probably make it worth your while to give us a try over the weekend. So if you've got interest in that, please let me know. Um, I, I'm, I'm one that always thinks if, if you give the side a try, it's going to be pretty hard for you to walk away from. Absolutely. Well, hey, Josh, thanks so much, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Hey, absolutely, Alan. I always enjoy it, man. Awesome. Again, that's Josh McQuestion of Soonerscoop.com. I say this every time that I have one of their guys on, but it really is such a great resource for OU fans. Highly recommend it. You all should definitely check it out if you're not a subscriber already. Uh, you know, just great, you know, team news, recruiting news, all that. So uh, make sure to give them a look if you're not a subscriber already. And uh, thank you all so much for joining us. For the Blade Homers and Podcast, I'm Alan Kenny. Take it easy. <laughs>